When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. Silver and Black Today, the Tuesday edition, a day after the Raiders. And Josh Jacobs can't come to a deal. We're talking about Josh Jacobs, the running back position in the NFL, and the future with the Raiders. Hey, if you haven't already subscribed to the show, please do Mo and I a favor. Subscribe wherever you get your audio. If you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and hit subscribe and then hit the notifications bell. By the way, we also have our great mailbag segment coming up on Thursday. And when the season starts, of course, we do a whole show on mailbag because when the Raiders are on the field, you guys have a lot of things to say. So we love doing that. If you want to mail us, just send us whatever you want to talk about. Question, comments, insults, uh, uh, praise, whatever it is, you can send it to us at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. You can also leave comments in the YouTube comments, and we will get to that as well. So, all right, Mo, let's get back into this Josh Jacobs thing. couple things here. You, we talked before the break about all of these NFL running backs uh, and players talk, you know, tweeting and posting about how uh, uh, that it's not right and that players should get what they deserve and all this kind of stuff. Two things. Our good friend Kelly Kreiner, who always has a snide comment for everything that happens in the world, said it. He said, you know, every running back that made that comment in social media has never won a Super Bowl, number one, uh, <laughs> which was interesting. Uh, number two is it seems to me and I made this comment on Twitter, and I know you're going to laugh. It seems to me that NFL running backs have now taken the place of WNBA players as the most uh, oppressed and, and maligned group of professional athletes who make millions of dollars a year uh, this week. Now, it could change next week back to the U.S. soccer. It could change to, I don't know, whatever, pickleball players. Who knows what it'll be in the future. But what's interesting about this is, is, again, the idea of what markets do and they sent you and that because you have a good year, you're somehow entitled to more money than is the market willing to bear. Just, just to do, do, do some math here, the base salary that Josh Jacobs will make this year, which is $10.1 million, or it's $10.09 million, whatever it is, but it's $10.1 million basically, his base salary this year with the tag will be tied for third in the NFL at his position, okay? That's behind 
Cleveland's Nick Chubb, who makes 10.85. Again, he signed a longer-term deal earlier. And Derrick Henry, who signed a deal and makes $10.5 million. Now, when you include cash with bonuses and all that, uh, he's within $2 million of the league's highest number of $12 million. So the highest-paid running back right now in the NFL is Christian McCaffrey, who also was tweeting support for his brothers-in-arms uh, uh, around the pay here. So when you look at this market um, and Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs, these guys who want this money, Tony Pollard in Dallas, um, the market is set there. The guys now, I know their deals a year or two old, in some cases, three years old, Mo, but I, I, I just don't understand why people, I mean, people want this team to overspend on Josh Jacobs. And again, Josh Jacobs, great athlete, deserves what he can get, but that's what got the Raiders in trouble over the last two decades. Am I wrong there? You're not wrong, but what I will <laughs> but you're say, wrong. <laughs> no, what I what I will say is the Raiders going back to John Gruden's years. I remember John Gruden gave Kenyon Drake uh, like a two year, eleven million dollar contract. People were like that's a lot for a running back when you have Josh Jacobs there. Yeah, and then you go to this current regime, and a lot of people want to find out well, look what they gave Chandler Jones. Now that's again that's to me that's apples to oranges because it's a premium position. But if you look at if you look at what the Raiders have done in previous years, they've overspent for premium players and non-premium players. Right, right. And I think what what we're seeing here is correction from the past. Not to say that Josh McDaniels and Daisy are looking at what Gruden did and they're trying to go opposite, but just last year the Raiders were were spenders. They acquired Devonte Adams, signed him to a long-term contract. They signed Chandler Jones to, I believe, a three-year deal, you know, $51 million. So they were in the they were in the market of spending after they went to the playoffs, which goes back to my point in the first segment that you're coming off of a playoff year, so you're going to be more willing to spend because you're thinking, mm -hmm. okay, our playoff window was open. We have a chance to compete in division. And who knows? We get to the playoffs, anything can happen. Maybe we get to the Super Bowl. But when you're when you're coming off a six and eleven season. Your plans change. The way you see the roster changes. The way you build your roster changes. Then you start thinking long-term versus the short-term, which goes back to what Josh Jacobs said was, this wasn't about money. So I want to make that clear that we're not, we're, not, we're not saying that, you know, the Raiders didn't come to this deal because a huge money gap, because that was, that was in the reports leading up Early. to the deadline. Yes, yes, Jacobs yes. tweeted this. Now, he said it was about security. And as we said, Years plus guaranteed money equals security. So if you, if as you said, if you put two and two together, wouldn't say that the Raiders are are pivoting for what they the mistakes that they made because they were just overpaying players. Period. Mm -hmm. Previously, in this case, they're trying to be physically responsible and say, okay, we're six and eleven. Right. We're not going to pay a running. We're not going to give a running back a four or five year deal because we don't see that playoff window or that Super Bowl window open right now. So we're not gonna we're not gonna give you that security because we may tear this whole thing down next year. The Raiders go three three and fourteen or four and thirteen, and you have a running back who's got four years on his deal, and you're rebuilding a roster with a high paid running back. Timelines just don't match from a Raiders perspective. Yes, a hundred percent. I agree with that. Also, reminder that Josh Jacobs playing under the tag at ten point one million. His salary this year would be more than 16 teams will pay their entire running back core. Just to put it into perspective, again, that's where the position's at. I'm not criticizing Jacobs there. I'm saying that's just where the market is. So you have to understand that.
that that to your point, Mo, about where this this lineup is, where this 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 front office is. And I, I would the only thing I'd push back on you on, on your statement there is I think they are sort of doing a little bit of the opposite of what Gruden did, meaning that they're not going to go overspend uh, on players that that aren't in those key positions. Right. So so you look at it that way and you think to yourself, yeah, Chandler Jones, that's the one that comes up. But at the time, just like they signed Waller and they signed Carr, they felt walking in the door because they hadn't been around this team that they were closer than they were. They admitted this after the season. So they spent the money on Chandler Jones because they felt like, wow, to your and it makes your point perfectly. They felt like they were close to being a playoff team because they were the year before. So, okay, let's do this. And it didn't work out. And they realized they weren't. So doing that, you have to do it prudent. You have to be prudent with it. And, and emotional decisions as a business never work out. I had some people, some people I respect greatly who own their own businesses telling me, no, this is a time when they should be emotional. It's not how it works not how it works you have to be able to stick to the plan and i understand a lot of you are skeptical of the plan and you should be skeptical of zeke or fine skeptical for sure of josh mcdaniels that's totally fine but they are following this path and if you're a raiders fan you might not like the path they're on but it's the path they're going to go down the owner's on board no he's not going to sell a team no you can't petition him to fire the coach petitions don't work they don't listen to you so we'll have to see what the result here is. But certainly this whole Josh Jacobs situation, Mo, we talked about it before, is to me more about now how it's managed in the locker room. What impact will it have in the locker room? Because Josh Jacobs shouldn't play in the preseason anyway. To have him not on the field is not in any means to me a loss because now the Raiders get to see Zamir White and a lot of the Bertain Brown, all these guys that they have and see what they got. Yeah, just to spin this forward, to spin this whole conversation for not dwelling on what happened on Monday, this is a big opportunity. I tell you this, this is a big opportunity for Zamir White, Britton Brown, Sincere McCormick, Austin Walter. Now, running backs to merge at, you know, middle rounders, undrafted guys emerge all the time. Let's see, we'll see if one of those guys emerge. But if I'm throwing out a prediction since since we were, I, I don't again, I don't want to toot our horn since we were right about this one, about Josh Jacobs not getting a deal. I firmly believe that Josh Jacobs is going to report back to the team late August, early September, like mm -hmm. a week or two before week one, simply because if running backs in their prime are not getting paid while active, it doesn't really help a running back in his prime to sit out a whole entire year. To me, right. it, it just it it doesn't make any sense. If, if you're not going to get paid after winning the Russian title, what makes you think you're going to get paid sitting one out. year inactive sitting out? inching closer to 30 right. years old because regardless of what the wear and tear is on your body as a running back, teams start to look at running back sideways once they start to approach 30. Yeah. So wasting a year in your prime is not going to help you, and this is why I believe Josh Jacobs is going to return. Maybe he has other plans. I don't know what Josh Jacobs is going to do. He may hear this and say, Mo, you're full of it. I'm not coming back. But I firmly believe that the way it's set up for running backs, he's not at this point, he can't get a new contract until – 2024 offseason because that deadline is passed he either plays he either sits out doesn't get paid or plays on the franchise tag and i think you take the money which you can get versus not getting paid at all there's there's no benefit at all zero benefit from him not playing and like i said i don't blame him and i if i was him i would not go to training camp either number one he doesn't need it if he gets in shape like you said comes in a week or two before i wouldn't touch the field 
if I got to camp either. I would just be working out and getting in shape that way, learning any playbook changes, that kind of stuff. Outside of that, I'm not getting on the field. He should not get on the field. I'm glad he's not going to. To, to not only get the opportunity to see the other running backs, but also to preserve his health. But he been in the last few days, you saw Le'Veon Bell. What did he come out and say? That he mistake. made a mistake in Pittsburgh that, that year he held out doing the same thing. So it, be, it benefits them. And actually, it benefits the Raiders if, if Josh Jacobs, believe it or not, if he were not to play, because guess what? In the NFL, if you guys don't know, players get paid by game. Okay, they have a contract, but all that money when you see their contract is paid over 17 weeks. So when they go to camp, they're not making any money. They don't get paid any money. Now, there might be a bonus, a camp bonus, that type of stuff. But as far as their main salary, they get it by game. So he doesn't lose any money not going to camp. But as soon as games begin, as soon as week one starts, if he's not there, boom, that's that's the money right there. And so if you're going to give up $10 million, I just don't see him. He's a smart young man. He's come from amazing, amazing challenges in his life with his father. We've read all the stories. I don't think, I mean, he's not that kind of guy. I really think he'll be there for the season. And then I think he'll be playing elsewhere next year. And God bless him. I hope he gets the deal he wants. And I think this is the reality of the situation, Mo, and people need to get used to it. There are other running backs who are out there. And some might say, well, he run the rushing title last year. He was an all, yes. But Austin Eckler, look at him. If you look at his numbers over, over his career, what he's been able to do, including the receiving numbers, he has a great um, opportunity, or I should say a great argument for making a lot more than he's making. So it's not just like it's Josh Jacobs. Obviously, it's a running back situation. Uh, but this team overall, where it's at, as great as Josh Jacobs is, and as much as everybody out there loves him, you have to be willing to look at it through that lens, uh, as we've been doing uh, the whole time, uh, but for fans, I know it's hard because they love the guy. I think we. This is the whole. This is the perfect time to say two things could be true. Mm. The Raiders did the prudent right thing physically yep. with how they handled this position, and yes, Josh Jacobs deserves a pay raise. Both things can be true. Correct. the The issue is that the Raiders had had the leverage in not having to pay him, and saying, okay. We'll see. It, you either play for play on the franchise tag or you sit out a year and you start missing game checks, which I don't think is going to happen. No. Josh Jacobs' part of the leverage is I don't have to report to camp. You can't find me because I haven't signed my franchise tag, uh, my franchise tender. So Jacobs is not subject to fines because he's not under contract. And as you said, he could just pop up a week before week one and say, okay, I'm ready to play football. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be, he would skip the fines. He'd be able to skip training camp, working out in the hot sun <laughs> as a veteran. Veterans, as we know, veterans all the time do this. They skip camp. There are veterans right now in the free agent market who are waiting to sign until training camp starts because they, they, wanted, they wanted to skip OTAs and mandatory minicamp. There are veterans who are going to wait to sign until August 20-something because they want to skip the dog days of summer. Yeah. That's not a secret that veterans don't love training camp you know if you're five six seven years into your career even four years into your career you you typically want to skip the summer so both sides in a sense i want to say could win but both sides could have their way where jacob says okay fine i'll play but i'm taking the summer off and they're ready to say yeah. okay we'll have we, we get jacobs back on the field but we're not gonna give you that long term long-term security that you wanted now it boils down to and you kind of said it at the end when, it's, when the dust settles, I don't think Jacobs is going to be a Raider for the long term because there's some people who ask me on Twitter, do you think Jacobs is going to be a Raider for, for his entire career? And I would say no. The way things are shaping up, 
Zamir White's going to be more involved. Jacobs is probably going to want to get paid next year, definitely, because he didn't get it this year. Mm-hmm. And the Raiders are probably not going to give it to him. So assuming Jacobs comes back, enjoy this year of Josh Jacobs in a Raider uniform, because I don't think it's going to go beyond 2023. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I agree. And and the last thing I'll close this segment before we move on from from the Josh Jacobs situation, although it's it's kind of uh, its tentacles reach uh, into other areas of the of the team as well, which we'll talk about in the third segment is this idea. A lot of people talking about, well, and you even mentioned it earlier, Mo, that, well, maybe they can the NFL Players Association when they negotiate CBA. Well, the CBA is in place for eight years. Okay, they just did it last year, two years ago. So you got six years left. So nothing's going to change in the meantime. And I also want to just say, too, that I don't think the rest of the NFL – you have to remember how many players in the NFL, okay, and how many of them are running backs versus not. And would you cut a new deal and throw away the deal you have to benefit a small percentage of your group? That's the answer. And, and, and I don't think there's any way that happens. I don't think it happens. I think the market is it changes – Look, linebackers, remember when linebackers, special middle linebackers used to get all that money? Do they get that money anymore? No, very few, okay? So it goes, it ebbs, and it flows. So the market can change over time, and I see that happening. But I don't see is them changing that because it's sort of like, and and I'll bring up, God forbid, the third rail politics. It's like a Republican wins the, uh-huh. the, the, the electoral college for president but loses the popular vote. So all the Democrats want to change that and go to popular vote. When a Democrat wins the electoral votes but loses the popular vote, the same thing happens, right? All of a sudden, you want to change the game, okay? And in this case, I understand people saying, well, they're not getting what they deserve. Well, no, they are getting what they deserve. So I invite you to read an economics book. That's all. Because, no, it's true, though. It's true. Read economics, supply, demand. I mean, Mo, you were tweeting supply and demand, weren't you not? I mean, it was... That's what it is. And I'm not saying those guys don't deserve every cent because they put their bodies on the line. It's in that position, especially. But the NFL is where it's at. If you don't like it, then I understand. And you could say, hey, I'm not watching the NFL anymore because I don't like the way they treat their players. That's totally fine. That's a valid point of view. But in today's market, that's what it's going to be. And so you got to get used to it, at least for the time being, until it changes in some point in the future. Here's the thing. I saw a lot of people yesterday saying, Forget the market. You have to keep good to great players. And I, I understand that perspective. You do. I, I, I strongly believe in keep your best players. But you just can't ignore what the market dictates. No. And, 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 the, Raiders certainly, and the Raiders certainly are not ignoring the, what the market dictates. Because if you look at the way Dave Ziegler and D- Josh McDaniels have built the roster, everything they've – not everything, but what they've done this offseason is shown that they are looking at the pay scale – of these position players. Look at some of the positions they haven't invested a lot of money in. We talked about the linebacker position for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's a low premium position. They're not paying a lot to their running back room. The safety position is at the bottom of the premium scale positions. Look at what they did to the safety position. Haven't brought back Deron Harmon. Mm-hmm. They may have a rookie in Chris Smith the second, who I think is going to be pretty good 
starting. They didn't spend a lot of mar money on Marcus Epps. Look at the guard position. Not a lot of money invested in that position. It's a low premium position. They have a rookie in Dylan Parham there. And they may have Alex Bars. They did sign Greg Van Rowen, but they aren't paying those any of those guys a lot of money. So yeah. just look at it. Guard, safety, running back, linebacker. Those are probably four of the lowest premium positions on the pay scale. And the Raiders are not investing much money in those positions. It tells you everything you need to know about how they're building this roster. And again, I, I, you know me, I like to use analogies. It's sort of like if I own a little, I own a grocery store. Let's say I'm in New York where you are, Mo, and I own a little bodega, okay? And I got entry-level stock person, and I have the manager who manages the place for me because I'm, I'm an owner and I'm only there a couple days a week, so I have somebody running it for me. Now, the stock boy or girl is there and is an amazing employee, great, does, shows up on time, does a great job, keeps the store all in shape. They come to you and say, hey, listen, Am I doing a great job? Yeah, you're doing a great job. You're fantastic. Okay, you're you're a year into your your career, your job, and now listen, I got a job offer to go over to the big uh, market down in Soho. It's a, it's a kind of a little swanky place. They're going to offer me, you know, uh, thirty dollars an hour. Can you pay me thirty dollars? Well, no, I can only pour for the eighteen I'm paying you or whatever the number. Is. Would you would you give that? Would you overpay that person? They do a great job. They're the best person at what they do, or at the, at and you might lose your manager who runs the place for you you can't do that that's what i'm talking about with the economics is there are good people who come through and they deserve whatever they get so the stock person hey thank you so much for what you did for us good luck in your career you're always welcome to come back if you need to boom thank you people and and players and businesses have employees that come through all the time it's not that you don't appreciate them it's not that they don't deserve what they're worth but certainly under the conditions you have to pay what you can pay and the Raiders are in the position where they're rebuilding and they have a lot of a lot of question marks, which we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks. This camp begins. So um, there you go. All right, Mo, we're going to switch gears and we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to get into the rest of the question marks around the Raiders. And what might this, Josh, we'll talk a little bit more about the locker room issue because a lot of people are going to that. Mo, you've talked about it over the past several weeks. I think it is an issue. I don't yep. think as big of an issue as maybe some people make it to be. So we'll talk about that when we come back here. You're listening to Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Don't go anywhere.